Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington Jr. Today, Philip talks about why banks keep failing. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. All right, we are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple. It's May 1st when this is going out. And for those of you who are finance news junkies, you probably woke up to hear that First Republic Bank uh, got rescued by JP Morgan and a couple of other uh, consortiums, but mostly JP Morgan bought them now, owns them uh, as of. What I last read at 6 a.m. If you follow the news, they've been, you know, it's not it's not a surprise. They've been having uh, trouble, Um, but they finally, you know, went ahead and did the deal. And uh, what this and I don't even know if this is going to make mainstream news. It may. It may not. Uh, The. It's certainly that the the banks have still been having financial trouble and nobody's been talking about it. So it feels a little bit different than the 2008 thing. But I want to give some I want to give some contextual history around what's still going on. Why there's probably going to be lots more bank failures, and you know my perspective on it and what I'm doing, uh, you know, with that perspective. And so the 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 biggest issue to look at the overall banking system from a simple thing is we have a fractional reserve banking system, which means if you, if you, if you can, if you can illustrate the whole system as just one bank, right. And the, and I'm just oversimplifying this, but I'm trying to keep it simple. Our system is like one bank where if there's a million dollars in the bank, the bank is lent out like $10 million. And when you lend out money, uh, if, you know, um, uh, if everybody comes and gets their deposit all at once, then there's not enough money in the bank to cover all the money lent out. That's that's how it works. And so once there's a panic of some sort and then more, more people want their money out, well, then, you you know, panic is an emotion, an irrational emotion. Like the system works as long as everybody doesn't, doesn't want their money at, their money back. Once everybody wants their money back, right, then we have a problem. And so... Uh, we're we're in a the 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 other part of it is you have uh, you have banks that are too big to fail, which are the J.P. Morgans and the Bank of Americas, and you know we know that they're basically the government, right? They're not gonna if they fall, the government falls. So they're you know uh, they're one bank, but then you have these other banks that are smaller, but but a lot of wealthy people uh, have money in it, and so if you have if you're watching this banking system and, and and you know that, all right, man, I normally keep $10 million in this bank, $1 million in this bank, $50 million in this bank, um, and, my, and my limit is two hundred fifty grand. well, uh, wealthy people play in a different world. So wealthy people fully understand what I'm saying right now. They understand the banking system. They understand what's happening, and they're going, uh, this thing isn't over, and so now 
the, and I don't even call it, this is not necessarily even fear, right? This is just rational thinking, right? Once you understand rational thinking and you go, all right, um, I'm rich. Oh, my buddies are rich. We all got tons of money over and above the FDIC insurance limit. Um, we're going to move our, the, the money that we're going to keep in cash, we're going to move to too big to fail organ, you know, too big to fail institutions. Because that's, you know, from a logical standpoint, that's where you know your cash is going to be safe. Uh, but as that happens, these smaller banks that, again, have more than what they have in deposits lent out, um, the math just doesn't work, you know, for, for the for the thing to, 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 to play out. And so you, you, you have a continual slow uh, rush of money coming out of the system to do to too big to fail banks. And then also that's going to uh, alternative assets that uh, are not in the system, hence Bitcoin, um, e- e- stocks, real estate, um, gold. Right? You see that. You see that happening uh, outside the banking system with Russia and China and and, and buying gold. And so uh, there's like once the Pandora's box is open, uh, especially because from since 2008, uh, everybody who's rich has been listening to the money people uh, like the Ray Dalios and their wealth, you know, the not the wealth managers that are financial advisors that work for organizations that are mouthpieces for the organization. I'm talking about people who understand money um, uh, and what's going on. They've been saying the next banking crisis is not going to be pretty. And so everybody's been waiting on it. Um, and so, uh, so we're, you know, uh, we're here and, People are scrambling to figure out what to do with their money. Now, here's the here's the good news, and not and and, and the news that um, makes it not so doom and gloom is in a system where the money's basically digital uh, and Fed rolled out Fed now already, pro- probably in anticipation of this, or <laughs> you know this was the this was the plan. Um, they can push a button and refill the money in the banks. Uh, with Fed now, they can get money. Through the citizens faster than 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 uh, than to have it caught up in the banking system like it was in COVID, and so there's things in place to to make the system work in the current period of time. It doesn't mean there won't be like chaos in the meantime, but um, there are things in place to avoid chaos. You know, just massive chaos. But the thing as an investor that I look out for is okay. Whenever you just the rules of supply and demand says, whenever you just whenever you distort that curve, there's a consequence, right? Meaning, uh, in order to fix a faulty system, if you flood it with new money, uh, that's going to create <laughs> inflation, more inflation, right? To to fix it, you got to lower rates back to where they were, and then you have to flood money to the, you're gonna have to flood money. Like there's just it's one plus one equals two. There's no this is not an opinion. This is just like, just do the math and say, all right, if there's not enough money in the system to cover because we're in a fractional reserve system, like, um, <laughs> you know, we're going to have to uh, 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 allow, we're going to have to allow more money into the current system, which means there's more money chasing fewer assets, which perpetuates what's already been going on. And so, uh, and so from an investment standpoint, now you want to think in terms of okay, I, you know, it's irrational to not keep cash because the world still trades on cash. But now you want to think if I have 
five-year and 10-year money. Uh, and we know that the way to fix this is more money creation. Um, then how do I, I need to place my assets and things that are 10 years from now going to preserve their pur- purchasing power well. And that's what you want to think about, right? That Those are, um, and I mentioned on a previous co- podcast, what those assets are, but it's, you know, assets that are scarce and can't be manipulated. Uh, gold, Bitcoin, it's assets that are uh, living in the future, right? Assets that are living in the future uh, are uh, uh, inflation resistant because it's it's where the world is going to. I'm going to do an episode next on deflation that'll kind of cover that a bit more. Um, but this is this is just what's going on, right? And and whether it's uh, told in the in the in the in the big news or not, right? From my from what I'm looking at, this is not the last bank that's going to need to get bought out because like the system is just jacked up, right? There's I want to clarify, like I you know I'm not. Being critical of the people, uh, I think the people that are uh, the fact that they got this done quietly, quickly is a kudos to the, those in charge, right? I mean, they're doing the best they can with with the situation they got, and they and they and they averted a crisis that could have made a lot of folks with that bank uh, money with that bank uh, worse off. So they did a good job, but right, the system is the problem. The system is getting. Uh, needs to get uh, rebuilt and readjusted and it is in parallel in a crypto system but um, that's a conversation that we might do an even bigger episode on later but uh, until tomorrow enjoy your day if you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals philip offers complimentary consults through his company stonehill wealth management for more information log on to stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk. That's stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.